Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on November 29th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the news and information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features the latest about what we know on the newest COVID variant, Omicron, with remarks from President Joe Biden, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and Prisma's Dr. Helmut Albrecht, and an update from DHEC. We look at the one candidate who has already announced his bid for the Senate District 31 seat with another set to announce Tuesday. This comes days before the filing opens for the race to replace the late Senator Hugh Leatherman. We look back on a busy Atlantic hurricane season, and Americans are still doing what they do best, buying. We have some economic data for you when we do the numbers. Speaking of shopping, did you shop on Black Friday or how about Cyber Monday? Are you doing Giving Tuesday? Did you do Small Business Saturday? Let us know how you're doing your shopping this year. We want to know. We're consumers. Leave us a voicemail at 803-563-7169. What are you buying? Who are you buying it for? What are you getting us? Let us know. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, spread of COVID-19 is substantial, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 14,209 total deaths, and currently there are 917,883 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of November 29th at 4 p.m. After 11 weeks of declining cases, numbers ticked up slightly for the week ending November 20th before dropping again the week of November 27th, with 3,919 for that week. That same week, we saw 29 deaths reported. That represented the 10th week of declines. Our current percent positive rate is 4.9%. 401 people are hospitalized. 120 are in intensive care, and 64 are in ventilators. All those numbers continue to trend downward week over week. Currently, 49.8% of all eligible South Carolinians are completely vaccinated. President Joe Biden spoke Monday afternoon about the new COVID variant, Omicron. Biden said that the newly discovered variant, which is already making its way around the globe, will eventually come to the United States, but that people shouldn't panic. This variant is a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. We have the best vaccine in the world, the best medicines, the best scientists, and we're learning more every single day. And we'll fight this variant with scientific and and knowledgeable actions and speed, not chaos and confusion. And we have more tools today to fight the variant than we've ever had before. From vaccines to boosters, to vaccines for children, five years and older, and much more. Biden said restricting travel from South Africa and neighboring countries shortly after the discovery of the variant gives the country time to prepare for its arrival and shouldn't dissuade other countries from reporting such mutations in the future. Biden also said there will not be future economic shutdowns as of right now, which help push up stock markets. He said that's because the best protection against Omicron and any future variant that may arise is getting fully vaccinated and getting a booster shot. As for the future need of reformulated vaccines, Biden gave this update. In the event, hopefully unlikely, that updated vaccinations or boosters are needed to respond to this new variant, we will accelerate their development and deployment with every available tool. I want to reiterate 
Dr. Fauci believes that the current vaccines provide at least some protection against the new variant, and the boosters strengthen that protection significantly. We do not yet believe that additional measures will be needed. But so that we are prepared, if needed, my team is already working with officials at Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson to develop contingency plans for vaccines or boosters if needed. And I will also direct the FDA and the CDC to use the fastest process available without cutting any corners for safety to get such vaccines approved and on the market if needed. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, was on hand with the president Monday and said current international travel protocols should help limit the spread and PCR tests can help identify this variant. We already have in place when people come into the United States, they have to be tested before they get on and they have to show vaccination uh, uh, documentation. So even before Omnicron came in, we have a situation where we'll be able to test. And talking about testing, for, fortunately for us, the PCRs that we mostly use would pick up this very unusual variant that has a real large constellation of mutations. Fortunately for us, that the PCRs that we do do pick it up. We'll have more about Omicron in our medical section. Let's switch to state politics now. Car dealer Mike Rickenbach of Florence has announced he will run for the District 31 state Senate seat previously occupied by the late Hugh Leatherman of 41 years. The well-known Rickenbach has been a part of the Florence community for 13 years. He's married and has two daughters. He has served and does serve on several boards and commissions during that time as well. And just to be clear, Rickenbach is running as a Republican in that race. Another candidate is holding an announcement on Tuesday, but that news is embargoed until that time, so I'm not going to preempt it here, but we'll share it with you on Saturday. See, this is one of those things that change by the time you hear it. Filing opens Friday, December 3rd at noon and closes Saturday, December 11th at noon. The Republican primary is January 25th and the special election is March 29th. Also looking ahead, the House of Representatives is back this week, December 1st and 2nd, to take up their redistricting map that the House Judiciary Committee has already adopted. The Senate announced they will return December 6th to take up their map as well. And we'll have a follow-up for you on the newly proposed Congressional District Map crafted by the Senate Judiciary Redistricting Subcommittee staff. So a lot of fun stuff there for you guys. Last week, President Joe Biden announced that the Department of Energy will release 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to lower prices for Americans and address the mismatch between supply and demand. The White House said it has been working with countries across the world to address the lack of oil supply as the world exits the pandemic. The action will be taken in concert with other nations including China, India, Japan, South Korea, and the United Kingdom. 32 million barrels will be exchanged, which means companies can borrow that crude and later replace it. The other 18 million barrels will be sold by Congress. In a statement, Senator Lindsey Graham called the moves an abuse of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is designed to deal with national emergencies and, quote, not correct bad policy. He went on to say the release of 50 million barrels is a band-aid because the root cause is the democratic war on fossil fuel production in America. President Trump filled the reserves up with cheap oil, President Biden is releasing millions of barrels to control skyrocketing prices, which are the direct result of his bad policy choices. 
it won't work and we'll end up having to eventually replace the released oil at higher prices. His words, not mine, folks. Currently, a gallon of regular unleaded gasoline in South Carolina is $3.09 a gallon. This is down $0.09 cents from a month ago and is $0.30 cents cheaper than the national average. Next up, November 30th is the last day of the 2021 Atlantic hurricane season. And despite a busy year in the Atlantic, South Carolina was fortunate not to see any storm threaten the state. But other parts of the country weren't so lucky, especially the Gulf Coast with Hurricane Ida which affected oil production in the country. For a recap of the season, we turn to meteorologists with the South Carolina Emergency Information Network, who you typically hear on SC Public Radio during weather events in the state. Here is meteorologist Jeff Huffman. For the second consecutive year, the Hurricane Center's list of storms was completely used. There were 21 storms this year. That's seven more than average, but well short of last year's historic number of 30. Meteorologist Megan Borowski joins me for this year's recap. And, and Megan, even though we were busy at times in the Storm Center, South Carolina was once again spared the season's worst. Yeah, Jeff, we only had about four storms this year that really impacted South Carolinians. First was Tropical Depression Claudette that dumped several inches of rain over the upstate and northern Midlands on June 21st. A week later on the 28th, Tropical Storm Danny formed off the Lowcountry coast and that made landfall near Hilton Head Island and produced flash flooding over the Lowcountry. Elsa moved through the Midlands as a tropical storm during the beginning of July and produced flooding rains from the Midlands eastward. On top of that, we did have gusty winds right along the coast. For about a month, things were quiet, but then in August, the remnants of Fred tracked to our west. We did have a line of thunderstorms that moved into our area that produced local flooding and gusty winds. But since the beginning of August, Jeff, it's been a quiet season for us. Yes, both last year and this year, we watched the strongest storms, several of the major hurricanes even, pass by to our west and ravage the central Gulf Coast. Louisiana has especially been hard hit. This year was Hurricane Ida. It tied last year's Hurricane Laura as the strongest storm to hit the Bayou State. Ida caused widespread and significant damage throughout coastal southeast Louisiana. Some residents of New Orleans were without power for weeks. And what many may remember about Ida is that the storm's remnants made headlines several days later, more than a thousand miles from where it came ashore. It produced tornadoes and extreme floods in New Jersey and New York City. And Jeff, there were several oddities were notables about this year's season. We had the most active June on record. And then after a sudden break in July and August, another very busy September. And this is still a bit of a head-scratcher for us to look into. There was only one named storm after October 4th, Hurricane Wanda, in early November. Also, Jeff, it's worth mentioning that for the second year in a row, more hurricane activity formed outside of the deep tropics, farther west in the Gulf, Caribbean, and Western Atlantic. Yeah, you add that to the tidbit that numerous storms, both last year and this year, rapidly intensified close to land. We may already be seeing the evidence that climate change could play some role in the nature and strength of hurricanes and their effects on land. That's something we'll be continuing to study for several years. But Megan, wouldn't you say that the quiet end of the season has been a bit surprising because of the La Nina phase that we're in? Yeah, so a La Nina is the cooling of the eastern equatorial Pacific waters, the opposite of El Nino. And just as the correlation can be made that an El Nino suppresses Atlantic hurricane development, we tend to have more storms during La Nina years. So there are obviously some other factors playing a role in the quiet end of the season, but hey, I don't think anybody's complaining about that. So true. And we are fortunate for the quiet couple of months recently and can safely say nothing else appears to be developing across the Atlantic as this year's season comes to a close. 
I do want to point out, though, that La Nina winters tend to be warmer and drier across the southeast, so we'll be watching that closely for potential drought or wildfires next spring. And before we move on to the Omicron section of our podcast, I have some economic data for you. Despite inflation concerns that are increasing costs, consumers are still spending, thanks in part to higher earnings. Consumer spending, which underpins our economy, was up 1.3% in October, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis. Incomes also rose 0.5% in October, but these gains and others have been offset by inflation, which is running around 5%. Looking ahead for more economic news, on Friday, we'll get November's national unemployment data. The unemployment rate is currently 4.6% and is forecasted to budge down to 4.5%. And those are the numbers. Move over, Delta. It's Omicron time, unfortunately. It's still too soon to know much about the transmissibility and immunity from this new mutation that has already been spotted in South Africa, Canada, Australia, Hong Kong, and Israel, as well as several European nations. But DHEC is closely monitoring emerging information on the Omicron variant. This according to the state health agency. At this time, the CDC and DHEC have not identified any cases in South Carolina through sequencing of randomly selected positive samples. DHEC is proactively preparing for any potential threats posed by Omicron and is already testing for it. DHEC sequencing would detect any variant present in those specimens, including variants like Omicron. Information about the Omicron variant, such as illness severity, transmissibility, compared to other variants, and the effectiveness of current vaccines and monoclonal antibody treatments against it are not known at this time, as data and information continues to be gathered. DHEC says that the best way to prevent severe illness, hospitalization, or death from COVID-19 infection is by receiving a follow-up booster, continuing to mask indoors in public spaces, and practice social distancing when appropriate. So the same ways to protect yourself, nothing's changed here, folks. The old tricks are the best tricks. Now, Dr. Helmut Albrecht is a medical director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy for Prisma Health and the University of South Carolina, and he gave his assessment of the new variant during a media call on Monday. What the math means, once it's here at 1%, with a doubling every five days, it'll only take a month for Omicron to be the predominant strain, and then another five days to be the only strain we essentially see, at least until another one comes around. What's different about this is this is the first variant that can replace Delta and it can replace it at an alarming rate, at the same rate that Delta replaced all the other viruses that were here. Um, Before that, we saw mostly Alpha, but then when Delta took over, there was essentially nothing else after a couple of weeks. And Omicron seems to be able to do that to Delta, which is pretty scary. So certain Delta Plus variants, Mu, Lambda, C12 are all very bad viruses, but they essentially disappeared when Delta came and completely took over. At least in this region in South Africa, this one was, Omicron was able to replace Delta. It replaced Delta so quickly um, that it indicates that it's either fitter or less restricted by immunity that is there. So it, it's clearly a threat, and the WHO has very quickly responded to the 
Dr. Albrecht said folks should do their own risk assessment when it comes to gathering with others this holiday season. Folks who are unvaccinated should be especially concerned about this new strain, Albrecht said, especially since it was able to mutate more than 30 times before being detected. Here is his insight on how current treatments may not be as effective against Omicron. What we're seeing on Omicron will likely hurt antibody cocktails such as Regeneron very significantly and make them probably much less effective than we would like them to be. Previous infection will likely not protect you from this if your infection was more than five months ago. It's probably too early to tell if you will have protection if you've had Delta. Vaccines will retain some effect, probably some significant effect, but it will be less than against other virus strains. This is really the big question. How well does the vaccine or vaccine plus booster um, will hold up with this? We will have the answer within in days, um, but there, there will be less protection, but it will be significantly more than not having protection. Um, we don't understand all the mutation it has, but it has a lot of bad ones. Um, to me, probably one of the most scary things is how it remained undetected until it had 30 plus mutations. Um, it simply means that we're still not testing enough and it remained undetected until it got into a country that has a very good surveillance system. Um, South Africa, it's clearly not from South Africa. It, or evolved somewhere else, South Africa would have not um, missed this for, for so long. And we really don't have an ancestor or a related virus to this. Stat News reports that Omicron appears to be moving quickly and may outpace Delta. Omicron appears to cause a higher rate of reinfection than other variants. Right now, scientists are analyzing the 32 mutations in Omicron's spike protein, which vaccines teach our immune system to target to learn how it might affect how sick people get and how well therapies or vaccines work against it. The work could take weeks. So for all my frat bros and sorority sisters out there, you know the Greek alphabet, so you may be wondering how did the WHO get to Omicron so fast? Well, the Wall Street Journal had an article on this and reported that the WHO skipped the next two letters in the Greek alphabet, Nu and Xi, since Nu and U sounded too much like Nu, N-E-W, and Z, XI is a common surname in China and other Asian countries. The body cited best practices for naming diseases that seek to avoid causing offense to any cultural, social, national, regional, professional, or ethnic groups. Now, if we flip back through the history, we know that Alpha was from the UK, Beta was from South Africa, Gamma was Brazil, Delta was discovered in India, others like Epsilon, which was discovered in California, Zeta, Mu, Kappa, Eta, and Iota are all no longer variants of interest by the WHO since they are no longer widely circulating. See Delta. So that's how you get from Delta to Omicron. Now there are only nine letters left in the Greek alphabet, so we'll see where we go. Stat News reports that on Tuesday, an FDA advisory committee will take up Merck's experimental COVID-19 pill, one of two antivirals that lifted hopes for quickly tamping down infections. But late last week, Molnupiravir lost some of its luster when Merck released full study results showing it reduced the risk of hospitalization by 30%, which was down from a decrease of 50% seen in earlier analysis. 
The data were released on the same day that the FDA's own analysis, in which researchers seem to favor authorizing molnupiravir, but raised concerns that could mean people who are at lower risk from the disease would not be offered the pill. As for other antivirals, Pfizer recently released results from an interim analysis of its COVID pill, showing an 89% decrease in hospitalizations. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things, what you think about the new variant, how you're doing your holiday shopping, what you thought about the Jackson Thanksgiving special. <laughs> I know there was a lot going on there. But, I heard a uh, lot of chatter about that. A lot, a lot of chatter of good about feedback. that special. A lot of good feedback. <laughs> Let us know. 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. AT, how's the hopper looking? The hopper is okay. Uh, it's not full empty, but like, just keep calling in. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean. I mean, you and I call it every day. So, I mean, I have to delete those. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear those. No one wants to hear those. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, we it's not a first time, but she called a while ago. So mm. let's get let's get to this caller. I love that she called back in. Hi, this is Eunice Laymacher from Clemson. Last time I called, you named me Vanessa. So it's Eunice, E-U-N-I-C-E. And um, I'm just calling to say one way we can all help with inflation and the supply chain issues is to buy local this season. So if you're still shopping for Christmas gifts, buy from stores that sell local stuff. I'm in Clemson, South Carolina. So, for example, we have ClemsonAreaFoodExchange.com where farmers are selling food but also Christmas gifts. And other stores like Green Springs and Seneca or Green Heart Awakening in Pendleton that sell local things. So you can help with the inflation and the supply chain issues and put money into your neighbor's pockets by buying gifts from your local stores. I also wanted to say I'm in favor of Crocs with socks and everything with socks. We're glad to hear um, other listeners that even suggested um, socks with all sandals. And um, AT, if your last name's Shire, I think you should want barrel blades in your house like Sting because that's what the folks in the Shire um, had. Anyway, have a great holiday. Bye. Eunice, oh my God, we apologize for the Vanessa incident. We don't know where that came from. Uh, Maya culpa. Maya culpa. <laughs> apologies to Vanessa, whoever she is. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Vanessa, if you're out there listening. <laughs> but uh, Eunice, we appreciate your, your call and also your recommendations to shop local. Like we said, Small Business Saturday. Let us know if you're shopping on Saturday. It's always good to get that money back into the community we don't have to buy everything from Amazon, folks. But I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying there are other options available. He hates Amazon. Especially, everyone. you know, the, the prime shipping is no longer two days. And I know we have a lot of issues with shipping and stuff these days. But, you know, that was always the selling point. And now that it's was like, the selling point. Yeah. But I know. I know. And yeah, Eunice, I, I do mm -hmm. want to I want my house to be more Lord of the Ringsy than ever. I only have one wall covered in Lord of the Rings things and I, I need more. And uh, well, you need to yeah, shrink I mean, your house into like a little true little 
Hobbit if you home. look, Hobbit Bag home. End, Bag End, I'm going to take exception with this, Gavin, because <laughs> Bag End was a mansion under the hill, okay? Uh-huh, okay it's it's okay. pretty big. It's it's expansive I in see. terms of Hobbit holes, okay? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, my wife and I, we do yearn to be even more hobbity. So, yes. So, Gavin, I hope, I hope that you're... <laughs> I got my my feet aren't hairy like a hobbit, so I need to wear the Crocs. Yeah, and you have to the keep socks. the socks on to prevent the hair growth. I, I gotta say, Eunice, I'm glad we got a pro Croc voice in here because <laughs> it has been pretty one sided echo chamber in here. So uh, thank you for calling. A lot of gatekeepers. A lot of gatekeepers on this podcast. <laughs> we only get okay. We only have one contradicting view, and then we have a bunch of people pile on and say how wrong you are. That's <laughs> that's how it works. That's the biz, baby. Anyway, Gavin. And I hope uh, I hope your uh, break was good. It how, was. How it was, was the nice. Rest of your week. Yeah, it was uh, still very chaotic. You know, with little nephews and cousins and all that going from my mom's house uh, in Maryland down to my aunt's house in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, you know, I got to see my brothers. You heard from them. Uh, you know, we were to dinner. Like I was just really every day was something different. Where it's like bounce, bounce, sure. bounce. So sure, I was sure, actually sure, sure. Um, then also made it down to the northern neck in Virginia, where it's like the Potomac River meets the Chesapeake Bay. My other aunt has a house down there. So that wasn't too far from Fredericksburg, but just a lot of moving around. I got a back lot of, on. Yeah, you traveled the whole time. I got back on Saturday and I wanted to make it to the Clemson Carolina game tailgate because I was mm, planning to do mm-hmm, that. That was my mm-hmm. goal. And then I was just like, I am just blah. I still feel pretty blah right now. I don't know if I have something or what, but. Um, you are wearing a hat indoors <coughs> from what I see right here. <laughs> got a crazy bald spot going on right now. <laughs> oh, hate to hear it. <laughs> Um, Speaking of the tailgate, Gavin, yeah. that was a great transition you weaved in there. Great job. I went to my first tailgate of the year, safe outdoor first and activity. Last. You know? <laughs> first and last. Yeah, rough game. Let's not Yee, talk about it. I, yeah, I mean, that game into it. the Eagles losing to the Giants on Sunday, I had a tough weekend. But one thing that wasn't so tough is... I got to tell you, Gavin, I saw quite a thing. Oh. Uh, so as it, you went at a tailgate, I, <laughs> yes, I uh, I've seen many things at tailgates, but this is the first time mm. I saw this. Is that um, so? I see this kid there, and he's got a Deshaun Watson jersey on, which is problematic in and of itself. Mm. He's he's a player with many problems going on right now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's talking to his friend. He goes, "I've never shotgunned a beer before." That's surprising. And yeah, so I know, right? His friend goes, "Brother, let me show you how." as any good friend would do, okay? You're really so, hearing this, or you're just like adding AT interpretation here? I saw it. This is this is verbatim how it went, okay? Okay. So then they proceed to shotgun a beer, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the first time shotgunner, I mean, Ooh. shotgunning a beer is a mistake, in my opinion, anyway. I, you're not supposed to drink anything that quickly, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, water, chocolate well, milk, no, anything. Like- Gash in the side, too. I could just chuck some. Anyway, I'm never that good at it. Anyway, that's not here nor there. So this kid shotguns his first beer, and not two minutes later, he pops, okay? <laughs> and when I say he pops, use your imagination. And he didn't just pop. I didn't right? even ask. <laughs> I'm keeping this PG here, okay? He pops. And when I say he popped, he, he popped all over his friend's <laughs> brand new Jordans. <laughs> oh, ones he probably can't stop. And it's not its not like it was just a little bit on it. He got it in there. I mean, oh his shoes God. are ruined. And just these are like, expensive shoes. Was it a projectile popping right onto the yep. shoe? I mean, like, oh, yep, 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 yep. Get yep. out of it Dodge, was, buddy. Uh, it was, I mean, I, this is the type of thing Alanis Morissette, I think, sings about, right? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was great and it was, I, I 
I obviously took a picture of it. Of course. I mean, listeners can't see, but it is a Renaissance painting right here. Oh, my. I mean, there it is there. Gosh. This is Deshaun. And then here you go. Look at this shoe. Baboombi. Oh, oh, God. Get those off your feet and start washing them it's, out, baby. It was rough. I feel bad for the guy. As a, as a, as a lover of Jordan's, sure. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's the worst way to go. I just, oof. Yeah, you got to take yep. care of that immediately. Get that off your foot. Uh, I, I, I hope you, you kept everything down uh, on your break, though, Yes, Gavin. of I really course. Do. Professional. Uh, but what I'm saying here is that... <laughs> You know, with the shoe, and then you got to have a. You're gonna take your shoe off. You're gonna clean it out. Then you're gonna put some water. In. I mean, you're just gonna have a wet foot the rest of the day too. Right? I want. Not, I would oh, take yeah. his shoes. And and be like, I don't care too. for that the same size. I'm gonna wear your shoes today. Now you're you can giving wear me your shoe. shoes, yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That's why you should only hang out with people that have the same shoe size as you, if not larger. <laughs> that's why we're yeah. such good friends. I can swap. Yeah. Feet. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, I mean, that's just smart. I mean, I see every time you meet a new person, you don't look them in the eye. You look, <laughs> look down. At the feet. You're Honestly, looking down. You know, if you had Crocs, you just hose those bad boys down and just go back into sport mode. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if he had his game. Crocs on, he can just go dip them in the porta potty, be clean. Um, switching gears, drastic gals. <laughs> <laughs> really said I couldn't go to the tailgate because it was something to be seen. But whew, I've never experienced that. I did witness a wedding this tailgate season, though. A couple uh, at a tailgate. Yes, and Cocky was there. He didn't officiate. I don't think he fully officiated. He was there celebrating. But yeah, it was That's a tailgate. It was a Kentucky I game. Loved, I love that. It was a Kentucky game. I was a witness to a wedding. <laughs> another bad game. Another, I got to point out another bad game for us corks. Sure. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a good one. But I was there for Florida. Another Florida coach got fired. So what? what I, I, that was a great gonna, game. That was great. Let's let's remember those. Let's remember the friends we made along the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I did to wrap up really quickly. I did, uh, you know, since I was hanging out at home, I did I had to watch something on the television. So watched Red Notice. With Ooh, your, you're with speaking your my language right now. It's yeah. it's it's basically a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, it pretty much. And I yeah, have, pretty, it's I pretty have not watched it yet. So we're we're gonna give people. This is your sure. notice. This is this your, is your red notice, notice before okay? we give you spoilers after 18 <laughs> watches it. But um, well, I'm gonna watch it because there and are then some we're good, gonna... there are some good spoilers, guys. A lot of what, 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 like what, you know. Are you talking about spoilers on the back of sick cars? (laughs) No, 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 no. uh, (laughs) There were no spoilers in that way, but which is Uh, we are going to spoil it. We are going to spoil it right away. So if you want to talk about it, (laughs) call it, watch it, It call in, and give uh, us, let us know. You know, look a little Rob. This is how it starts. Talking about robbery, If if you like this. You're gonna you're gonna be watching Fast and Furious wearing Crocs, liking Guy Fieri in no time. Oh my god. Yeah, that's your future, this and I'm sorry to say that's slope. it. This is basically <laughs> what slippery. they're talking about with Vietnam. It's a slope covered in donkey sauce. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, Gosh. take it out, people. <laughs> you know, when I was home visiting Jane Colling, they were watching Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I was like, yeah, great. Off the chain. <laughs> it's already happening. That's out of bounds. <laughs> well, uh, it's happening, folks, so let us know what's happening with you by calling us like Eunice did at 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a great iTunes review, five star, five star. We love hearing from you guys. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. You will, South Carolina. No more socks. I'm so sick of getting socks. I don't even wear socks. You just can't say anything anymore, I guess.